what you're looking for Inside that record store Across the whole world They've gone Searching for shelves of gold To find that perfect score You're listening to the record story Come You're listening to the record story well, welcome back to the Record Store Recon, the Gold Mine Podcast Edition. And this is Pat Prince, editor. And of course, we have Dr. Disc and a guest, but I'll let Dr. Disc uh, introduce the guest because we're going to talk about Vertigo Records in Michigan. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Pat. Um, it is my honor to actually introduce Tom Trauma. And uh, some of you may have remembered or may have remember that name from previous podcasts where uh, we've done some joint work with the good guys from Punk Till I Die. Um, Tom is uh, the American part of the team that makes up the Punk Till I Die version and uh, Liverpool. Um, um, Neil. Neil, thank you. Yes, Liverpool Neil makes up the uh, English part of the team. Um, but um, Tom is he, lives is he from England. He is. He is. And Tom can tell you a little bit about that. So, Tom, why don't I turn it over to you, maybe to tell a little bit about Punk Till I Die and how that whole thing came together. And then we'll share a little bit about your own personal record collection. Sure. So, yeah, Neil. So Neil was born and raised near Liverpool, England. Um, so I'm actually the young guy in the podcast. And if we're being honest, I'm not all that young. I think I'm just a little younger than uh, Dr. Disc, if, to put it into perspective. And uh I had previously, for many years, I was involved with uh, Punk News, which is a pretty large online, you know, uh, punk site. I did a lot of reviewing. I've reviewed, I don't know, over 500 records and shows or something like that. And they used to do a weekly podcast, and I was involved with that. Well, we had this English guy who would write and harass us sometimes. Like, if we ever got a fact wrong about any of the, like, first wave UK punk bands, he would write us and mercilessly harass us. And it turns out he lived in Chicago, which is only about a three-hour drive for me and somewhere that I go to see shows fairly regularly. So we ended up meeting it up, meeting up and we hit it off. And yeah, so he records. So he's been in Chicago since the mid-80s, even though he grew up in England. But yeah, he records from his place. I record from my place. And we it's it's a lot a lot of old guys complaining about old guys' stuff, but it's you know, we talk a lot of record collecting, or I think maybe it was a was a draw for Alan, because uh, we both are av- avid record collectors. But we talk about growing up in the scenes when we grew up in it, about 10 years apart. Uh, you know, Neil was really, he was a young kid. He was in his mid-teens during like the first wave of British punk, like with the Pistols and the Clash and all that stuff. So he's seen the Clash and he's seen all this stuff that I never did. And I did about 10 years later. So we have a different experience and it's it's interesting. So we talk a lot about that. And we also talk to a lot of modern bands. So we talk to, so we, it's kind of a, a cool way for a couple of old punk rockers to sort of stay involved with the scene because you know it's it's not easy the older you get obviously now how can and, uh, uh, if a listener wants to go and check it out where can they go so we're on all the major platforms spotify uh itunes but yeah it's just punk till i die t-i-l-l punk till i die uh we have a facebook group we have a facebook page we're not too hard to find if you google us i think we should pop up um but the thing I will say, the other thing I will say about it real quick is there's a lot of us that want to stay involved with the team, gotten to a certain age where it's kind of difficult. We don't have our old friends and old communities around us. And it's kind of cool because it's like all these, 
guys, a lot of them our age, a lot of guys in their forties and fifties that still kind of want to be involved in the scene. And we've sort of formed this weird family of individual people that are spread out all over, but we're able to kind of come together as a community because let's face it, most of our wives don't want to talk about, you know, what's the best Ramones album or what would have happened if the Sex Pistols would have made a second album. So we've got this little community where we could talk about all this stuff, even though we're kind of spread out all over the country and the world, honestly. So anyway, yeah, check it out. It's, it's I think you'll enjoy it. We've done a lot of collaborating with our pal, Dr. Disc, and uh, he's been on two or three episodes, right, Alan? I mean, right, Dr. Disc? Yes. <laughs> well, that didn't take me long to screw that up, but... <laughs> But so, yeah, yeah, check it out if you get a chance. Yeah, and actually, so maybe, Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit about your own record collection, and that will lead us into talking about the featured store this month, Vertigo, because I believe they're your favorite record store. So maybe share a little yeah, bit about is, your collection. So so I started buying records in the mid-'80s. You know, I had a paper route. I was a young kid. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. So I actually started buying vinyl records. But it's funny, within about a two-year cycle, I went from buying vinyl records to buying cassettes, everybody's favorite format, right? To buying CDs. So this would be 87 or so. CDs were brand new. My dad was a big hi-fi guy. You know, we got our four times over sampling CD players, state of the art. So I so a huge chunk of my collection is actually CD. I have three or four thousand CDs, mostly punk rock, heavy metal, classic rock, stuff like that. But so I've in the last few years I've transitioned back to vinyl, you know, for the convenience and expense. And <laughs> uh and uh, and but it's it's interesting. So I have all the stuff from when I was a kid, you know, from like skid row and the hair metal stuff that was my first musical love to now building a, a, a record collection rebuilding a record collection at an older age so i kind of have the advantage of hindsight where i'm literally getting the best stuff ever made so my vinyl record collection especially my 12 inch my lps my seven inches i never got rid of so i have those i have all kinds of crazy seven inches that i bought from some band in a garage or you know when they were two dollars three dollars off the merch table but my 12 inches majority of them are newer or, or purchase more recently, but you know, so I'm buying, I have the advantage of hindsight where I'm able to buy literally the best stuff ever made. And you know, the ones that I bought as a kid that kind of stunk, I, you're easy to skip over, but you know, I have a great uh, punk, punk uh, LP collection, some thrash metal. That's kind of my other, kind of my other love. And so it's some of the best stuff ever made, you know, never mind the Bullocks and the first Ramones album, but it's also bands that we've had on the podcast so it's almost like the best stuff ever made or bands that I have a personal connection to. So it's, it's, it's sort of cool, actually. I, you know, it's, it's all stuff that I think will probably be surrounding me even the day they take me out of the house and bring me to the morgue, you know, stuff that brings me, brings me joy. Well, when, when I talked with you and, and mentioned, cause you're, you're from the Grand Rapids area and uh, I happened to be going up there on work and, and you said, hey, let me show you around to, your, to my favorite record store. And so that's what took us to Vertigo Records or Vertigo Music. Vertigo Music, um, yes. Yeah. So maybe let's start off by you telling us why it's your favorite record store. Well, when I was a kid, and I don't know if you're gonna, you want to get into the history of it just a little bit, but when I was a kid, the owner, Herm, had a big suburban store on this super busy street, giant parking lot, really a strip mall type of record store, but a great record store, a big record store. And obviously the business changed a lot in the early 90s, and he ended up losing, losing that store. So I had been going to him since I was, I moved back to Michigan when I was 16 years old. I think I pretty much was started going there right away because it was such a great record store. Of course, that those days there was like 20 record stores in Grand Rapids. Now there's, you know, three or something. But uh, ever since he's been downtown, I've just always gone there. He's just got he's got what I like. If we're being honest, he's got a great punk section. He's got a great metal section. He's got 
just unbelievable amount of stock and great, great selection of used stuff as good prices as you'll find anywhere. Just, it's just a complete package. Other than the, other than the downtown parking, it's literally, there's not one fault I can find in it. Now you said they have their share of cassettes, right? Cause cassettes are kind of coming back. Have you, did you say, <laughs> they're not coming back in, they're not coming back in my house. Are they coming back in your house, Pat? No, <laughs> no. actually I bought pretty... uh, a couple, just, uh, I'm not going to play them. They're just to collect, you know, the record store day ones. One was Keith Richards. One was that Metallica, a Life to a Leather demo. Um, so oh, I'm see, not that's valuable them. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, had that I demo when it first came out, and uh, I just wanted this as a sort of collector's. I don't know what happened to it. All my cassettes are, I kept most of my vinyl, um, but the cassettes are really long gone. I only have a few of them left from my early days. I don't know if you kept them. I have kept very few. I think most of them that I have left are literally like you were saying, like my band's demos from the days. And, and I don't even know if I have many of those left. I think I literally, you know, you had those containers that held 24 or whatever. I think I have a visual, uh, a sound memory of just opening one of those up and turning it over in the garbage can, just listening to the plastic cases crack as they, as they went <laughs> into the trash. Well, the last tape player we had, I got, I got teenage kids. So I always have maintaining like a fleet of junk cars. I think the last tape player I had was from my daughter's 2001 Buick century. And when we got rid of that, I think that was our last tape player. Well, the beauty of cassettes was back in the eighties, it was a true collector's trade market. You know, you trade demos, you trade live tapes, Yes. you know, cause everything was sort of underground and you couldn't find, you could find your share of bootleg records in the store, but they were, you know, kind of expensive. So you traded with people. That That's what I loved. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, I don't even know if, uh, I haven't seen any record stores sell like cassette, cassette bootlegs. I used to see some do it with video and cassettes, but that was probably about 15, 20 years ago. But well, uh, it'd, I, it'd, be in, it'd be interesting. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm, I, I was going to say, it'd be interesting to see what happens because of the, so a lot of people are already, a lot of smaller bands can't get their vinyl pressed. So a lot of, yeah. obviously the CDs are thriving right now, which yeah. we thought that would happen again. So it's interesting. I mean, I'm not ready to count cassettes out. I mean, they're not for me. I don't plan on buying them, but I see a lot of bands. There's more of a coolness factor to cassettes than there is the CDs. So I see a lot of bands foregoing CDs and buying cassettes. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe you just buy that and then download it and the cassette never gets played. I don't know. It would be cool if people start swapping cassettes again. <laughs> I also like the mixtape factor. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Well, I, you know, for years I had a great like Sony CD burner and I would always, you know, burn mix CDs for people and, hey, we're going to see this band, go check them out and stuff like that. And I do kind of miss having that ability to do that because that was pretty, that was a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. So now, I don't Dr. know what the Diss said, Dr. Diss said that uh, Vertical Music had one of the largest record collections in their storeroom. That means on the floor, right? Yeah. Yes. So in the back, did they have a, did you check out any stores? They must have more back there. I noticed I with a lot of record stores I visit, you know, they probably have more in their storage than they do on the floor because they just don't have enough time to, they buy these collections and, you know, they're on, they're on a budget and, you know, they have minimal people working for them. So it takes some time to get it out on the floor. 
I think that they do have a back storage area, no question about it. But I think the vast majority of it's on the floor. And what happens, like any great record store, things tend to get piled up because they don't have enough room. So there will be, you know, you, and I, I noticed Dr. Disno said too, there's spots where they're going through a collection of a couple hundred records and they're sort of stacked up. It's definitely, I know Dr. Disc loves to talk. He loves like crate digging. This is, it's definitely got that element. The new <laughs> stuff is perfectly organized and easy to find, but if you're willing to dig, you can dig. No question about it. Do they stack the records? I know it's a lot of record stores. They just, there was, there was some tables off to the side that Tom started going through that I think he, it was just from a collection that he was, that uh, Herm was going through. But yeah, it was just stacked up into the back area. The new stuff is very, very well organized and the used stuff is very well organized. But yeah, the stuff they're going through, because it is a, it is an urban store. There's not, you know, it's not like one of these suburban places where they have 100,000 square feet of warehouse behind them. It's working. Everything's working space. There's records underneath. There's records above. And I know as as Herm gets ready to try to, you know, he wants to transition to retirement in the next few years, he, he one of his challenges is trying to figure out exactly how much stuff he does have because there's so many nooks and crannies where everything is full. Well, if it's an urban environment, they must have stores around there that, you know, whether it's tattoo parlors or um, uh, guitar stores, right? They have, wait, Tom might not say this, but I will say that they have every homeless person in Grand Rapids all hangs out on this street. Uh, <laughs> it is it is in the, what we lovingly refer to as the Mission District, yes. Uh, now, and it's it's not unsafe, but it, it, it's, it's not unsafe at all. You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be scared to go down there but it's definitely a colorful neighborhood i mean it's it's an active neighborhood when the weather's nice there's people all over the place now you herm says we have the best prices in the state um is he going to oh. extend that to the <laughs> other states or is it just uh, i think I th he's been in the business for a very long time i suspect that uh he's more interested in winding down than he is expanding but he does have he does have great prices uh across the board you won't find anybody more competitive and that's part of the reason i love it i mostly love it because of the selection and the employees and everything else but there's he's got great prices no question now i always wondered you said he he has a lot of stuff even like the new taylor swift and harry styles and um but he has mostly left of the dial stuff which is good because you know i went in best buy yesterday and that's Basically, what they have is the Taylor Swifts and Harry Styles. How do you compete with that? I mean, I'm surprised they had. I'm surprised they had anything. My, my best buy, I swear, they don't. They have like one box of records. Like I have more records that I haven't put away yet than our local Best Buy does. But and they're disorganized. It's like no one cares uh, in the store, you know, about making sure they're in the right sections or. Um, but usually it's uh, stuff that's very mainstream. And I guess for an independent record store, it would have to be sort of an impulse buy, someone who's not kind of looking to buy on Amazon and will pick up the Harry Styles at uh, an independent record store, right? I'm sorry, I get the impression that, um, you know, Vertigo is probably the go-to store for a lot of people in oh in that area. It's not a hidden gem. Um, it's well known. And so I would imagine the reason why he stocks those types of albums is because, you know, it, just like in High Fidelity, where you're, you're going to get the father who walks in and says, you know, hey, do you have the new Taylor Swift that I want to get for my kid? Um, but he also, trying to talk about. <laughs> right. But he also, he also prides himself on that left of the dial stuff. And yeah. as big as his store is, and, and, and it is big, um, and it is a crate diggers dream. 
Tom's right. Everything was very easy to find, which that's probably the most impressive thing of the, the whole story, as far as I'm concerned, is that with all that inventory and all that stuff, um, Herman and his staff can put their hands on something for you if you can't find it. They know where it is. And, and I think that's impressive. How's his uh, online presence? Um, I just some discog stuff. I know. Yeah, they're they're yeah. active on discogs. They've got a website, but I, you know, again, I think that store prides itself on on its customer relations. Gotcha. Um, you know, the people that come in. It's funny when when we got there, Herm wasn't there yet, and the staff were you know engaged with the customers. And then when Herm came in, he, we had to wait to talk to him because there were like eight other people in the store that all wanted to talk to him, and he really does take the time to get to talk to everyone. Yeah, you gave the staff a 10 out of 10. So, you know, um, you know, I guess that, uh, you know, the greatest thing is he survived the pandemic, um, you know, where stores were closed temporarily. And uh, yeah, I'm glad he did. Uh, yeah, it was hard on him since he lies on in-store customers. It's it's funny because he was able to and he was down. He was close for quite a while. But he was able to reopen before like the shows came back. Michigan, Michigan was kind of weird on the lockdown stuff. So it was funny. I remember going in there after he'd reopened his doors and talking to him. I said, Boy, Herm, this is all we got left. This is the only part of my old life that we still have. And going in there, and it was it was very cathartic record shopping right. because like I said, I couldn't go to the club next door to see a show anymore. And even though I had to wear the stupid mask, wear hand sanitizing and all the other stuff, it was still the most normal thing that we'd done for a year and a half so or, well, i don't remember how long it was but yeah I'm, I'm glad matter of fact i think he might be busier now than before i, I and that's just me talking because there there there's always people in there when i'm in there yeah. every night i i well i know the the weird thing too is that during the pandemic maybe you couldn't go to a record store but there was curbside pickup and a lot of people staying home were embracing their record collection yeah um, and wanting more so uh it has its good you know, has a silver lining, I guess. Um, but but anyway, so what's, is there a giveaway? We do, we do not have a giveaway this yeah. time. We, we, we don't have a giveaway. Um, I thought having Tom on the on the podcast with us would be surprise enough for a lot of people. I have the prize, huh? Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been accused of being the prize before. Your prize is if, you, if you're in the Grand Rapids area and you want someone to take you record store shopping, okay. call Tom because he'll take you to some of the best stores. And, and I know Dr. Disc is not much of a participant in this, but if you want to find some of the best uh, bars, I got a pretty good hang out on them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, I will throw this out there because anybody who listens to the Punk Toy Die podcast knows that Tom is actually a huge collector of flexi discs, oh, and geez. so so uh, if anybody yeah, has good, yeah, if anybody has flexi discs that they want to unload, Tom is always looking to add to his flexi discs collection. It's funny, I just got Metal Blade uh, back when I was doing Powerline. Uh, they did promotions, Fate's Warning, Exodus. Um, so yeah, I I have those still. If I can find one, Tom, I'll send it to you. Well, I was gonna say that could be the giveaway, Alan. I'll send them all. My God, what do you want? So. <laughs> I love to yeah. see this, man. Yeah, I, well, no. there's gotta be there's gotta be somebody out there who really enjoys them, but I am unfortunately not one of those people. So I just oh, have a lot. Of them. Okay. <laughs> He orders a lot from Pirates Press, and Pirates Press sends you a lot of flexi discs every time you you place well, an order. 
them. Between that and when I was writing for New Noise, New Noise loves to put a flexi in their magazine too. So, yes. so yeah, I have a some of them, and you know, it's one of those things. I really would, I don't like them. I would get rid of them. But the fact of the matter is, I know I'll give at least one away that's worth something. I don't want to be that guy who's giving stuff away that could be worth something either. Maybe oh, they're definitely could, they definitely could be worth something. That's so, for sure. Depends how many, depends on the, the scarcity issue, right? Just like anything else, depends on what you make. Yeah, so. exactly. Especially sometimes the ones that were included on the back of cereal boxes. <laughs> they were it might have been a little before my time. <laughs> so, um, Pat, I will tell you that um, that I did ask Herm where the name came from from the store because so often you ask me that, and and I always forget to ask. But um, 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 Herm is a big fan of the movie Vertigo and he said he just watched the movie one day and the name kind of stuck and so he ran with that the other the other thing I asked him and the question I like to ask a lot of people is you know other than Tom Trauma who are who are the big celebrities that come into ah. the store um, and he said he jumped right away there's there's two celebrities Tom I'm wondering if you know any of the celebrities before I share with you the two that he mentioned because I just wondered if you Okay, let me take a guess. I'm gonna so we have a couple of Grand Rapids has a couple of famous sons, but the fact of the matter is everybody who comes to play downtown goes there. So I know he's got tons of celebrities in there. I'm gonna guess Anthony Kiedis and Maynard from Tool. All right, so you got one of them right. Anthony Anthony Kiedis is is correct. The other one was a his dad when I was a kid. I used to see his dad around the local uh music venue bars all the time. I know he's he's got connections. He was a Michigan kid, but he's got Grand Rapids connections. Who's the other one? Would it be an MC5 guy? No. Barry Barry Manilow. What? Wow. He said that Barry Manilow has come into the store and he was so nice to talk to. He was really, um, Herm was really excited to tell me about how he got to meet Barry Manilow (laughs) and that he was nice to talk to. And, um, but I think you're right, Tom. He said that, you know, Grand Rapids is, is a great location for a lot of bands that are passing through. Um, and Grand Rapids does get some shows, and he says a lot of people will just stop by the store when they're in town, and that's when Barry stopped in. What did Barry buy? He didn't remember. He, he didn't remember what he had bought. Probably, I think he bought. I bought. I think he bought Rain and Blood by Slayer. Yeah, see, a bunch of death metal, a bunch of death metal stuff. <laughs> well, you see, we're we're right between Chicago, and Detroit. So back in the days when bands did extensive touring, we always got hit. But it seems like nobody does that kind of touring anymore. Now it seems like yeah. they do 10 shows, 12 shows. But it's a it's a nice spot. You know, it's a small a mid mid-sized market, but no, it's it's a it's a we get a we get a fair amount of shows. We got some great venues. So well, thank you, Tom, for participating. Oh, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. And I guess, as always, I guess, Dr. Disc is always it's always a pleasure. And uh, I'm not going to reveal who you are, but I think there were hints. And I I will tell you that, um, you know, we did it once before. We did a live record store recon slash punk till I die um, podcast. We are working on the next one. We're working Um, on the fall. Yeah, we're working on the fall of getting together again and doing one. I think we're looking at a store in Indiana. We don't want to give away any secrets, but um, I will tell you that we give away a lot of stuff at those shows. And so uh, I don't think anybody has ever left empty handed from, from a show. So uh, more details to follow on that. If you like flexies, you definitely want to be there. (laughs) (laughs) So what's next on the doctor's list? 
Well, um, before before I tell you about um, our our next store that uh, I'm going to be visiting, which um, I'll let the cat out of the bag first, is in Toledo, Ohio. Um, I want to share with you because I think, uh, like Tom touched on, most of us are are a little older in age, and some of us have kids. And my kids planned what may be the greatest Father's Day. Now we didn't do it on Father's Day; we did it, I think, three weekends later. But they took me on a record store crawl through the city of Chicago. And it was so cool doing this with my kids. And so we visited five different record stores. We started out at Suga, um, which is probably one of my favorite record stores in the city, um, where I was able to pick up a big boys European import LP that I had never had. And um, Adam is Adam's the owner. We, we reviewed the store before, but I don't know if there's a more passionate owner um talking about just the whole art that is record store collecting and the and and the the variations that go into the vinyl than adam but we from there we headed over to reckless records um where i picked up a, an old plimsolls album that i was looking for that i've been looking for for some time uh, from there I headed over to dusty groove where i found uh, a dream syndicate album that i had been looking for uh then went over to dave's records and um, where my daughter actually decided to spend more money than I did, she was looking for some Buddy Guy uh, albums and was and was able to find one that she'd been looking for for a long time. And uh, and finally headed over to Gramophone, which um, typically not my style of a record store, but it was fun going in there. It's more of a hip hop, um, twelve inch dance music kind of store. And um, boy, you talk about Tom having a lot of flexies. I don't think I've ever seen twelve inch singles. Um, so many of them in one location. So if you are uh, looking for dance music, I would get over to Gramophone. But the reason why I share all this with you is um, just the opportunity, you know, the great thing about record collecting is that you get to share it with people. And um, I think that's what brings the the universe of the goldmine listeners together and readers. And I think like Tom talked about with Punk Till I Die, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's all about that vinyl and and talking about it and sharing stories and and everybody has a story. So I just wanted to share that one and personally give a shout out to my kids, uh, Hannah and Evan and say, thanks for taking your old man on a, on a day long shopping trip. So um, our next store, Pat, we will go, like I said, to Toledo, Ohio, where we will visit culture clash. Um, and I will show you that there's more to Toledo than just the mud hens. Okay. <laughs> tigers, well, tigers, 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 that's right. All right. Well, thank you too. And uh, listeners don't forget to go to goldminemag.com uh, for other exclusive content and look on the newsstands for the latest issue at Barnes and Noble and books a million select stores. And then don't forget to check out Vertigo records. If you're in the Michigan or the Grand Rapids area, vertigomusiconline.com all right guys it was a pleasure it was and, thanks for uh, having me guys tom i'm going to send you some flexies <laughs> and you can do what you want with them <laughs> sounds good thanks guys appreciate it thank you right, guys take care we'll see you on the next recon edition dr disc Bye stay now. safe Find what you're looking for inside that record store across the whole world. 
they've gone Searching for shelves of gold To find that perfect score You're listening to the record story Calm You're listening to the record story Calm It's NFL draft season And that means it's time to start thinking About fantasy football FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 